This episode is brought to you by Facebook Gaming. Facebook Gaming provides research-based insights, in-depth case studies and educational materials, helping game makers, developers and publishers of all sizes to build, grow and monetize their games. In our new report, Games Marketing Insights for 2021, we explore some of the trends that emerged in 2020 that will impact gaming in 2021. To get your free copy and to learn more about Facebook Gaming's powerful UA and monetization solutions, visit fb.gg forward slash the drum. You'll find useful educational materials, including playbooks, webinars, blogs, and reports, alongside great video content. Hello everybody and welcome to this special drum podcast in collaboration with Facebook Gaming. Gaming is now the most lucrative entertainment medium in the world. It's increasingly social and I'm sure that a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast might not even consider themselves gamers despite the fact that they play. At the same time, changing consumer habits and changing tech trends mean that there are endless opportunities for brands, marketers and consumers to really take advantage of this burgeoning social gaming movement. So to discuss those opportunities, I'm joined by two absolutely fantastic guests whose expertise spans the breadth of the industry, and we're going to go over what these trends mean for brands, marketers, and ultimately for the gamers themselves. So Tim, can I ask you to introduce yourself first, please? Sure. Hi, Chris. My name is Tim Lyon, and I lead EMEA Marketing for Facebook Gaming. Uh Facebook Gaming is in the business of helping developers and publishers bring their games to market and grow and build and monetize games. And yeah, that's what we do. Fantastic. And Natalia, you actually come at, come at it from a slightly different angle, which is kind of from the marketing side. So, you know, what, what does Anzu do? Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Natalia, uh, and I'm leading the marketing efforts at Anzu. Uh, the world's leader of in-game advertising. So our technology uh, blends real-world brand ads directly into video games, esports tournaments, and live streams. Nice, fantastic. And I'm, I'm sure we're going to touch upon you know both esports and the, the benefits and the opportunities around live streaming as we go. But to begin with, Tim, Facebook Gaming actually has a piece of research out. Uh, so I wondered, and, and, and sort of a report into the changing face of social gaming in particular. So I wondered if you could maybe take us through how that came about, some of the methodologies, and you know, ultimately how people can access it. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, we've released uh, our second annual sort of future-looking report, uh, but we pivoted a little this year for, for obvious reasons. You know, we were preparing a, a sort of a our view on industry trends for developers and marketers, you know, uh, and when we were hit by COVID, our research team uh, decided that it might be interesting to see whether that had an impact on gaming. Obviously, we'd all seen uh, an impact. We'd seen it in uh, the behaviours from our advertisers and, you know, across the industry. So we work with an internal team who do both business research and consumer research. And they commissioned a study through Interpret of about 13,500 uh, self-reporting gamers. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to read my notes here, Chris, because I can't commit all this stuff to memory. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, and the markets that we covered, again, there was 30, uh, nine markets in total. 
Um, again, it's uh, Brazil, Canada, Germany, France, Japan, Korea, UK, US, and Vietnam. Uh, and they ran the survey between July and October of last year. And, and the idea was to try to understand were there new people coming to mobile gaming particularly uh, and what were the habits that that new cohort brought. And so we did, divided the groups into two cohorts. There was new players, so people who hadn't played games before the first peak of the pandemic. And, and obviously all of this planning and all of this work was done sort of, you know, when we had all hoped that there was going to be one peak and it was going to be a few months and then we're all going to be getting back to normal. Uh, obviously that isn't the case. But so we had two cohorts, the new players who hadn't played sort of prior to, uh, you know, March, April, mm. depending on your market of last year. Uh, and then existing players who were playing mobile games, both sort of before the pandemic hit and afterward. That's fantastic. I suppose that, you know, even anecdotally, I know that I, you know, I know a lot of people who have been really encouraged to take up mobile gaming just because of kind of the strictures of the pandemic. You know, it's a great way to keep in contact with people. And I've been playing, you know, uh, Among Us and a bunch of different mobile games with people who I otherwise might have lost contact with during the pandemic. So to what extent then did you find that these are genuinely new behaviours among this fresh cohort of people who are coming in? And to what extent is it an extension of, you know, the existing trends that we've seen among, you know, uh, movement towards mobile and social gaming, even from what you might think of as legacy gamers? I mean, it was kind of fascinating. We were frankly surprised. We had hypotheses around what we thought we would learn. Um, but firstly, the scale were, was unbelievable. And you can see this in, in this report we've released. But, you know, the UK audience, mobile gaming audience grew by 50%. Mm. Uh, and again, US was 30%, Germany was about 25%. You know, across just across Germany, the US, UK, and Korea, there's nearly 50 million people who were reporting as being new to mobile gaming. That's huge. Uh, it's enormous. I mean, you know, we thought it was a big addressable audience already, but uh, the fact that it's able to grow in, in a market like the UK, which was considered, a, you know, a sophisticated market, a lot of developers export their games into the UK as a key market. You know, there was a feeling, not of saturation, but you didn't, you wouldn't have expected 50% growth, except, I guess, in extraordinary circumstances, which yeah. is what we came up with. So well, we didn't come up with it, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but, but certainly what occurred. Um, but what became interesting, if I go back to the hypothesis, was we expected it to be more like the profile of what we consider a casual gamer. We tend to skew slightly older skew slightly more female, play fairly short sessions and play mostly sort of puzzle and, you know, match three type games. Um, but interestingly, what we found is that in research, in the results of the research, this new cohort in every of one of our markets but Korea, uh, and I'll come back to that, skewed considerably younger mm. and preferred more core genres and had a higher propensity to spend in game. So that kind of pivoted our hypothesis just, you know, to thinking, okay, who are these people? And, you know, we can't prove this out necessarily, but our thinking is these are younger, probably console players and PC players who uh, live at home with their families mm. and aren't able to dominate the, the, the television and the, the console space in the house and so have moved to mobile. So... And they still, you know, 
casual and sort of hyper casual genres were still very much on top in terms of what was played. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> there was, a, a, you know, a notable propensity towards more mid-core and core genres. I suppose then the question is, uh, Natalia, to what extent do you think that brands and potential, you know, advertising partners understand who this kind of this gamer profile actually is and the opportunity that's around it? Uh, first, Tim, the report is great, and um, it can be a great asset for all the marketers who want to understand the gaming audience better, who are trying to tap into this uh, new media, and that's a great tool to get started. And uh, Chris, to answer your question, um, I do think that um, marketers need more education around gaming audiences, who mm. gamers are, how much they play, uh, what their behavior is. Um, they definitely need to know about the search uh, of gamers. Like I was uh, personally surprised to see 50% more mm. on, uh, like gamers among the UK audience. And that's something that we need to communicate to the uh, marketers and advertisers, things um, like the the gaming industry has been accelerated by COVID, no doubt. But still, marketers are a bit afraid of tapping into uh, gaming, and some of them still think that gamers are teenagers who have no purchase power and they play in their backyards and you know they are not the kind of audience that um, brand advertisers and marketers need to talk to which is not true and uh, the Facebook report is just another proof that the gaming audience is super versatile that it's growing and it, it has a lot of purchasing power and they're willing to spend time uh, in games and they're willing to talk to uh, marketers, advertisers um, and communicate with the brands they like within this ecosystem. Yeah, definitely. And, and if anybody needs any more proof of that, what I can do is I can share my bank account and just show the amount that I've spent on gaming during the course of the pandemic because it's uh, scary to think about. Are you a new gamer, by the way? <laughs> no, I'm not. So uh, I've been playing more mobile games. But that's, uh, that's, that's the extent of sort of my transition during this time. Mm -hmm.